the only person I think that loved God more than the way David loved God is Christ himself. And I think I would put Joseph, you know, next to David with where that is concerned. The only love that could surpass what David had for his God is the love that Jesus Christ had for his father. Hi, and welcome to the Words of Encouragement podcast, a podcast of love, hope, inspiration, and encouragement using the Word of God for people from all walks of life. And of course, I'm your host, Arlena. Welcome, everyone, and thank you once again for joining me on another episode of the Words of Encouragement podcast. I pray that each and every one of you are in the best of health, best of strength, and most importantly, in the best of spirits. And as always, before beginning each podcast, I'd like to take time out to give all honor, all praises, and all glory to the Father. God Almighty, who art in heaven, his son, Jesus Christ, my Savior, my Lord, the Master, and of course, the Holy Spirit, my teacher, my counselor, and partner. Without them, I am nothing. But because of Christ Jesus, who died for my sins, I can do all things through him who strengthens me including this podcast. And once again, I'd like to take time out to say thank you to each and every one of you for listening, downloading, sharing, etc. I truly appreciate it. Where I am at today, the temperature is currently 85 degrees and sunny. The weather has been fairly nice and mild. Thank God. I went out yesterday and it was it was pretty nice. It was very comfortable. Um, a gentleman, I met a gentleman on, while I was out yesterday. And he was telling me that the temperatures are supposed to go ooh, <laughs> through the roof starting, I guess, this week. So I guess I'm, I better try and enjoy this 80-something degree weather while I can. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to take advantage of it. But, yeah, so I grew up in the Caribbean. So, yeah, um, we got a different type of heat. It's like hellfire hot heat. <laughs> so um, the heat here to me is like, unless you, I guess you live in Texas or Phoenix, you know, or Florida. Lord help me. I used to live in Florida. I, ooh, mm-mm-mm. Um, I don't like the cold, but, yeah, I ain't no fan of the heat either. I like it comfortable. Anywhere between 75 to, you know, 88 degrees is good for me. 
like back home in the Caribbean, when it's 70 degrees, it's considered cool for us. And you would hear a lot of the people back home, oh, God, it's cold. And some of us that lived abroad, we look at them like, what are you talking about cold? You wouldn't even know what cold is if it hit you in the head. But they call 70 degrees, oh, Lord, don't talk about 60. They be freezing. <laughs> but for us, you know, it's like, are you serious? 70, 65 degrees, that's comfortable. But yeah, so um, as hot as it can get here, it's still to me, I can still bear the heat here. But for some reason in the Caribbean, I don't know what it is. I can no longer take that heat. I'm very sorry. Mm -mm 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 -mm. It, it, it just takes something out of you. But anyway, enough of that part. I have today in my cup, I am currently sipping on a nice hot piping cup of matcha and grapefruit tea with apple cider vinegar, a slice of lemon, some lime juice, and an equal. Mm. Yep. So, oh, let's see. When I wrote this, it's, it's probably about two weeks now. Yeah, about maybe two weeks ago. About two weeks ago, um, I had the wonderful, wonderful privilege and opportunity to complete reading, but not just reading, but also praying the entire, well, the book of Psalms. I still haven't finished 119, but I've done all the rest. I'm currently working on 119. And it truly was an inspiration and truly a blessing. So in today's episode, I decided to bring to you a brief overview of the book of Psalms and some of the things that I learned while reading and doing some of the research on this book. And also, by the way, this is not the first time that I have completed reading the book of Psalms. This is actually the third time. Um, the first time was probably in 2001. At that time, I was living in California and I had the opportunity to read the Bible from, you know, all the books of the Bible. And I remember that quest started. I was living in New York at that time. My goodness, I think I was like 18 years old. Oh, Lord, that's a long time ago. And <laughs> and I remember that time I was in I was a student at Drake Business School. And one of my classmates, because we were paired together to do some project, I can't remember. And not only were we paired together, actually, we lived, I think, like three houses down from each other. I never forgot that. And he was also Caribbean. I was, of course, from one Caribbean island and he was from another. And so we had to work on the project. So, of course, he came where we met together to work on, you know, the project. And because, yeah, I couldn't go to his house because, yes, there was wife and children. I lived alone, me and my cousin. I think it was like me. Was my other cousin living with me at that time? No, it was me and one other cousin, yes. And I remember I had on the coffee table 
You, you know, you know those life-size Bibles? Now, this Bible was my mother's Bible, my late mother's Bible. It's one of them big old Bible. you know, you knock someone up the head with it. Mm-hmm. And then it, when you open it, it has the marriage record, the birth, the child's birth, the child's wedding, you know, even though the pages were empty. But anyway, um, and that was something that my father kept among quite a few of my um, mother's things. And yes, I did lose my mother at a very early age. And I guess it was kind of a way of my father holding on, you know, remembering my mother. And truthfully, he never, he never remarried after that. And anyway, so I had this big old coffee table Bible. I could knock someone out with you know, and it was sitting on the, he, you know, he was sitting on the couch and I think I was in the kitchen doing something. And yeah, this ain't no hanky panky guy ain't that kind of girl. And neither was he, he, you know, he was a Christian and so was I, and he was a married man. So yeah, there you go. So for those whose, you know, mind might end up going where it don't need to go. And I think I was getting him a glass or something. In the kitchen, I remember him saying to me, because he saw the, I mean, who could miss the Bible? It was that big. It was sitting right there on the coffee table. It was so big. You, I mean, you, you couldn't miss it. Trust me. And he said, oh, are you a Christian? And I said, yes. So he, oh, he said, do you know I read the Bible from cover to cover? I was like, really? I was like, I never even thought of that, to be truthful. I was like, really? He said, yeah. And he, I think at that time he told me he had read it three times cover to cover and he was like teaching me about some of the things in the bible and i was like wow and i'm like wow that time i was a a a a a, a baby christian well at that age was i wait a minute let me see something here lord i'm getting old let me see at that age i don't think i was actually no i was not saved at that age i was not i can't keep up with this age no, I wasn't because I got saved in 97 and this was in 91. So, yeah, I was not saved yet. But, yes, I did know of the things of the Lord. And I had a I did have a hunger towards the Bible. And, of course, yeah, you have to go to vacation Bible school, which, by the way, yeah, I hate it with passion. But, you know, there are times when I do think back to that and I'm like, my God, you know, I did not want to go to vacation Bible school. Everybody was at home. During school vacation, why I got to go? I was asked my grandma, "Look at all them other cousins. Look at the rest of them. Why I the only one got to go? And we all lived there with each other, but I was the only one that had to go. And I was angry. I wanted to enjoy my, you know, I wanted to enjoy my um, my 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 school vacation. Do you know how long we waited for a school vacation? And back then, we really had um, school vacation. And as I look back at it. Today, and certain times when it comes to me, I'm like, you know what? I didn't realize then what God was allowing her to do. As I, let me tell you, I hated every minute of it. Let, let, let me just be honest. But today, I'm truly thankful. I really am. I really, really am. I really am. I, I'm really serious about that. So... At that point, um, 
I was like, oh, cool. He, you know, that he read the Bible three times because, yeah, back then I wasn't saved. So, yeah, I, I don't think I was, I was, I, I was interested in reading the Bible, much less to be, you know, but less to read it from cover to cover. But then there came a point, it was like, because we graduated in 91. So that would have been like 1990. And then seven years later, I did receive Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. And in 2000, in one, yeah, 2001, um, late 2001 to probably mid 2002, I remember ordering my first Bible and it was, a a pleather, I guess you would call it imitation leather. Um, it was an imitation leather Bible and it came in a nice, um, box and I had ordered it from Amazon. And I remember one evening at that time I was living in California. I was listening to John Hagee. And he was telling this story about, and I knew quite a bit of Bible stories because, you know, we went to church and, you know, I always had an interest in the Bible because, you know, I would read. I, I would read, but I wasn't reading it from cover to cover. And I wasn't reading it every day, even when I was not saved. It was just something that always pulled me in about. It, it, it's just a, a, a feeling of, um, of how it felt whenever I would sit with anyone to talk about God or, you know, or they would talk to me about, it's just, there was that thing there. And he was preaching on the story of Absalom. I will never forget that. And I was like, oh, that's an interesting story. I'm like, you know what? I need to read that. And I ordered the Bible and that was the first story that I read in that Bible and I remember thinking back to wow you have a Bible you just read that and then I remember reading um Luke 15 the prodigal son so I I always know what Luke 15 is just like I know what Matthew 24 is you know um and that's why Luke became my favorite book in the New Testament, because it was the first book that I started with in 2001, even though I'm going off a little course as, as far as what this episode is about. But hey, it's it's about the word of God. And um, I remember reading the entire book of Luke. And that's when my interest really started peaking. It's like, wow, I, you know, I, it was just something. So Luke became my favorite book. And I, I remember when I finished reading the book of Luke, I said, you know what? You are going to be my favorite book because you were the first book that I read entirely from the first to the last chapter. And that's why the prodigal son story sticks with me. And... That kind of moved me like, you know what? Hey, let me read some more of these books. And then I think the next book I read was like Matthew, where, you know, you had the names of the 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 12 and their occupations and whose sons they were and sons of thunder and blah, 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 you know, and, and as the list goes. And I'm like, wow, this is really interesting. And my hunger became more and more. And each day as I would head off, to work, I had a little pocket Bible 
and I would read it, but it was a King James version. And at times it was like, okay, I know God is saying something to me here and this, but I can't quite understand what it was. And there was this sister at work. She was an older lady. And I was like telling she was a Christian. And I said to her, I know the Lord is speaking to me, but something in this verse, but I can't interpret it. And she came out and she brought me her life application Bible. And I looked it up in the, I was like, wow, this is a nice Bible. I was like, where did you get this from? Never even knew anything about a study Bible. Never seen none of them things before. And when I told her that, she said to me, you can keep it. I'm like, are you serious? I was like, wow. And that was in 2001. I had that very same Bible. Up until 2017, until, you know, it got destroyed in the hurricane. I kept that Bible for 16 years. And let me tell you, once I got that Bible, because it broke down everything. That's why the Life Application Bible is my favorite study Bible. And I always remember that lady that gave me that Bible. I don't know, she probably is not even around anymore at this point because she was already in her late 50s. And we talking about 20 years ago almost. So if she's here, she probably don't remember me, probably not alive, but I remember her and I remember what she did. And I wrote it down the date she gave it to me. And I had that, let me tell you, that Bible, let me tell you, oh my God, that Bible was like really my textbook. That was my favorite Bible. And then my second one was the NIV. That's when you had a decent translation of the NIV. I don't know what they have today, but... At that point, that was the translation that, and I think that one was also NIV as well also. And that's where I learned the 91st Psalm as well as the Psalm 100. So oftentimes when I quote it, I quoted um, the NIV version of what I had back then. And I had that Bible for 16 years. And let me tell you, that Bible was like, Wow. And, of course, I kept getting deeper and deeper. And before you know it, it went from one book to the other book. And by the time I, it took me like a little over a year. And I completed reading the Bible for the first time in 2002. The second time that I had the opportunity to do it, I was living in Florida. And that was... Probably in 2000, because I moved in 2003. So it was probably 2004, because, yeah, 2005, I started working as an accountant. So, yeah, I had no time to read that Bible. So it was 2004 was the second time that I read the, you know, so at that same time, I was also I had to read the Psalms. But the difference was I was reading the Psalms. I learned a whole lot reading that Bible, especially that. Life Application Bible, and no, I'm not promoting it because I don't get paid for anything here, but it's just my favorite Bible. So to be able to read the Psalms again in its entirety, almost 20 years later, for the third time, the difference is I'm more older, I'm more seasoned, and what I know today, I didn't know back then. And the difference also that makes it more um, 
more life-changing for me, the fact that I, I wasn't just reading. I was reading then and taking notes because there's no time I ever could read the Bible and don't take it. I got notebooks. Oh, listen, I lost so many notebooks in the hurricane because, listen, I, I go to church. I go to church with a notebook. Listen, a pen. I cannot go to church without a pen and a notebook because I got to write down everything. I'm like, OK, he said, I need to see what this says. That's how I've always been. And this time. I wasn't just reading. I was observing and I was praying the Psalms. What a wonderful feeling. But anyway, we'll get into the rest of that a little later. So let's continue on here. So enough of my little blabbering here right now. So just sit back, relax, grab yourself your favorite hot or ice cold beverage, you know, depending on where you're at. And join me as we go through this exciting and informative episode based on the history of the book of Psalms, as well as my experience reading and praying the Psalms. And also stay tuned after the episode for a little treat. And after the episode, don't forget to stay tuned all the way to the end for the quote of the episode, which will be featured. And of course, the name and title of today's episode is an overview of the book of Psalms. And this is episode number 072. So go and grab yourself your favorite beverage and I'll be back with you in a minute. You are listening to the Words of Encouragement podcast with Arlena. Okay, so welcome back. I hope you were able to grab your favorite beverage. And yes, let's get into this thing right this minute. Okay, so let's get started. Now, the Psalms, the book of Psalms. The Psalms were written actually on leather scrolls. They were a collection of 150 songs, prayers, and sacred readings that the Jews use to worship. Many people think of the Psalms as a praise book. The Jews call the book of Psalms Tehillim, which in Hebrew means for songs of praise. Even though the book of Psalms contains a lot of songs that praise God, there are also many of the Psalms where we see the author or writer complaining to him. You know, oftentimes we hear certain people, like certain Christians, oh, you mustn't complain. Like, if you speak about something to them, it's like complaining. And, you know, these are for some of the people that are, you know, I'm not even sure what the the religious folk I'm going to have to refer to them that way, the church folk. But yet, it tells us, based on research, and of course now, this is taken from the Complete Guide to the Bible by Stephen M. Miller, 
as well as if you read the Psalms for yourself, you will see what he's saying, which is the truth. I mean, have you read some of those Psalms of David's? Okay, there you go. Nearly half the Psalms. And like it says, or like I said before, even though the book of Psalms contains a lot of songs that do praise God, there are also many of the Psalms where we see the writer or writers complaining to him. So in other words, they were bringing their complaints to him. Nothing's wrong with bringing your complaint to the Lord. I mean, he's our father. I mean, that's where we need to take our cares and our problems to, to the Lord. Nearly half of the Psalms qualify as complaints. Did you hear what I just said? Nearly half of the Psalms. Now there's 150 that have been documented in the Bible. Let us continue. So nearly half of the Psalms qualify as complaints, songs of prayers of grief, disappointment, or urgent pleas for help. Even though the Psalms of complaint were very heavy, most of the writers end their complaints, or rather Psalms, with expressions of trust in God. A good example is sometimes you're going through something, you know, you might be talking to someone. Oftentimes people feel because we go through things that we don't feel or because we're Christians or believers, whatever you may call yourself, that we don't go through. But oftentimes we, there's a lot of us that really go through. And sometimes, you know, we... Sometimes you, you want to have someone to talk to. And oftentimes when you might be speaking to someone, a lot of times you would hear come out of their mouths, don't complain, don't this. And that's why I have learned at this point of my life, I take my problems, my worries, and my cares to the Lord. Because oftentimes people can't understand. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who you are. There are times in this walk of loneliness. And when I talk about loneliness, I'm not talking about sex. Oftentimes, because of the call on one's life, there's a lot of solitude. And yes, you have to find ways to make yourself happy. And one of the best ways to make yourself happy, yeah, talk to the Lord. Find things that, you know, you have to learn to encourage yourself in the Lord. There are days when you might feel some discouragement and there ain't nobody around to help encourage you. And on those days is where you have to tap in to God's word and his son, Jesus Christ, and learn to encourage yourself. Because oftentimes, there ain't going to be too many people around to encourage you. Let's be real. It's not even going to be many people to even pick up the phone and say, hey, how you doing? But there might be many to call and say pray for me but there oftentimes you're like okay who do you call you call on Jesus so whatever complaints that we may have whatever pains whatever it might be 
just like the writers of the Psalms took their cares and their concerns, their complaints to the Lord, we are to follow the same example and take it to the Lord. And yes, we might be going through things that are pressing, but just like the writers with their complaints and their pleas, no matter what it was, whether it was a complaint or a plea, whatever, they always made certain by the time they finished giving their complaint to say at least to give God praise. So that know this, that no matter what the situation is, God is still able. Yeah, I'm facing this, but God is able. And that's how I live my life today. Starting as of 2016. Today, it's like things still come at me. Trust me. But I handle it totally different because I'm like, you know what? I know where God brought me from. He bring me through that. This ain't nothing for him to do. And at this point, I know what to do. So I know how to call on my master. You know, I know how to rely on him and to place my trust in him. And one of the great ways of being able to do so is really getting in those Psalms. Boy, if you really want to know who the God of heaven is, get in those Psalms. Because it shows a lot of his great attributes. So let's continue on. Even though the Psalms of complaint were very heavy, most of the writers end their complaints with expressions of trust in God, which is very important. So they're not denying the fact that they experience anything. But they're also admitting the fact that no matter what they might be experiencing or going through, that they have a great God and that he is able. The Psalms were recited or sung by the Jews at home and in worship services at the temple. They were also sung for special occasions such as weddings, religious holidays and festivals. And they were also sung for the coronation of a king. Many of the Psalms are highly loved and cherished by many people, including my very own self. According to research, many of the verses are most quoted in the entire Bible. So basically, the Psalms are often more quoted than any other verses in the Bible. One of the most popular and beloved Psalms, of course, is Psalm 23. And come to think of it, it was also the very first Psalm that I ever learned by heart from the tender age of either six or seven years old. I would never forget it. At that time, I was living in Curaçao. And my mother's sister, which is my aunt, of course, she was like, she would go to work. And she said, by the time you come back, you'll have to learn. We had to... I think we had like a week. We had to learn that psalm. And of course, at that age, who, who, who wants to be learned? I don't want you want to be outside playing. But she wasn't having it. She was like, make sure that I come home, whatever that time period was. I think we had to learn it for a week. I can't remember because, hey, I'm far from six or seven. I mean, let's just be real. I'm lucky if I remember what I had for breakfast. But I remember that. And we had to learn it. And I did. And that's how I learned it. 
and she made certain we had to read. I think we had to learn maybe, did we have to learn the whole thing at once? Or was it verse for verse? I think it was the whole thing, but we had a period of time. It wasn't like, okay, one day, no. I think it was like maybe about a week or two weeks, but we had to learn it. So you had to be really studying it. And she wasn't playing. And trust me, out of my mother's sister, she's the easiest one out of them. Okay? <laughs> and she's also the same aunt that, yeah, I had to learn my timetables. That's why I'm a beast when it comes to timetables. When it comes to multiplication, you can't beat me so easy. Um, she had a way that she taught me how to do those. Um, it was not just me. It was also um, my cousin because the two of us were being raised by them at that time. And I don't know if she, you know, how she learned, but I know I did. And yeah, to this day, I'm, I'm almost 50. I still do them the same way. And people are like, how you get? But yeah, I learned from a very young age. You know, the quality of upbringing versus today is it's a whole it's a difference, a big difference. You know, we had, we were accountable for certain, we had to do certain things. It wasn't about cell phones and playing games. Yeah, you can play games, but you, you, there's stuff you had to do. And this was one of them. And I am thankful today. Wasn't thankful then, but I am today. To God be all honor and all glory. So later on, I would also go on to learn it. You know, fluently in Dutch by heart. However, over the years, I no longer remember it fully. In, well, I no longer remember it in Dutch, period. Because, yeah, I no longer kept up saying it in Dutch. I went on to continue saying it in English. However, I still remember and still do pray the Lord's Prayer in Dutch. Ooh, I got a story behind that, but not this episode. Um, I think I'm going to do a special episode as to how these came about. Yeah. <laughs> but I am thankful today. But yeah, I wasn't thankful then. <laughs> but today, as I look back, I truly thank God. I really thank God for using those individuals. Um, because, yeah, it, it made a difference. So I am thankful. Um, the survival of the Psalms is a tribute to the writers and to the God of heaven who inspired them. Over the centuries, many have sung the Psalms by setting them to music. Others have also began praying the Psalms as well as my very own self. Like I told you, I just started praying them. And I remember when I was, ooh, I was still a kid in New York at that time. And my father used to play this song all the time. And I remember the first time I discovered that song. I was living in St. Martin. I think that was 2011. Yes, it was. And it was Psalm 103. Is it that one? No. I, I, I think it. I can't remember which one. But the song goes. By the rivers of Babylon. And I knew, that, you know, he played it so much. I mean, that's, you know, it was played all the time. So it's kind of like a kid you kept hearing, you know, this song, but not realizing it actually was a psalm. And when I saw it, I was like, oh, my God. So this was that song actually was a psalm, you know. But from a look, I, you know, you would just sing it because it, it really sounded good. But, you know, I didn't know it was a psalm. <laughs> I really didn't know. But, you know, many of the psalms have been set um, to music. And, of course, 
just like how I have began praying the Psalms, others also have began praying the Psalms and also who have been praying the Psalms long before I ever dreamt of praying the Psalms. So, yeah. A lot of the Psalms are impossible to date. A lot of the Psalms express intimate feelings rather than historical facts. Some of the Psalms refer to life during the Jewish exile in Babylon in 500 BC, before Christ. Most of the Psalms are about people in Israel. However, some of the Psalms are set in Egypt, while others are set in Babylon, which, of course, is now known as Iraq. Um, excuse me, Iran. And the first time I learned that as far as Babylon being, I thought it was Iraq, but I guess I see it says Iran here. Uh, whether Iran, Iraq. I remember reading that for the first time in that life application Bible. And I was like, wow, I remember that. Mm hmm. The book of Psalms is divided into five. It's the book of Psalms is actually five books in one. And each book ends in a doxology, which is a hymn of praise to God. Each one of the doxology starts with the words, praise the Lord. Psalm 119, which is the longest psalm out of the entire group, clocking in with 126 verses. Yeah, I know. The purpose of this psalm is to make a statement. Psalm 119 has 22 sections, one section for each letter of the ancient Hebrew alphabet. Every section begins with a different letter of the alphabet. And it's also every alphabet, each section that um, falls under the Hebrew alphabet contains eight verses each. You also have a group of Psalms known as accents. I was like, I wanted to know what this accents was or ascents. Forgive me for my English. Ascents are songs for the road. Something to sing when walking uphill. The Psalms of ascents are grouped together between chapters 120 to 134. When the people of God went up to Jerusalem, they had to ascend hills in order to get there. The temple in Jerusalem was the only place the Israelites were allowed to offer sacrifices to God. The people would often make trips there. They would often go there also during the three important festival celebrations, which were observed in the spring, summer and fall. These three festivals were the Festival of Unleavened Bread, also known as the Passover, the Festival of Harvest, and the Festival of Shelters. Excuse me. Now, that information, of course, was taken from The Complete Guide to the Bible by Stephen M. Miller, which is a very, very good book. 
And that was a book I was able to purchase last year. And yeah, that was the first time I was really ever able to open it and get down into it. So it 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 was it was truly a blessing. So next up, I'm going to be um, giving you a little more from OverviewBible.com. Now, according to OverviewBible.com, the Psalms are a collection of 150 poems written over hundreds of years. Many of the Psalms were originally set to music. They were also used in the Jewish temples to praise God. The Psalms contain history, poetry, prayer, song, chant, and prophecy. The Psalms address every major Old Testament event. Some of the events that the Psalms address are creation, God's covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Exodus, the giving of the Torah, conquest of the promised land, God's covenant with David, and so much more. The Psalms really shows us the goodness and the greatness of our God. In the Psalms, we see a God who shelters us under his wing, who upholds us in his righteous right hand. And of course, who is the lifter of our head. He's also our shield and our rampart. And that's my part. That's not from Overview Bible. We also see a God who listens to us, who hears us when we call out to him. We see the God who walks beside us, who goes before us, who encamps around us, who reigns above us, and who dwells amongst us. We see the great hand, his great love, his great faithfulness, and his great mercy. The book of Psalms has quite a few authors. And according to BibleOverview.com, half of the Psalms were written by King David. These Psalms really show God's love and faithfulness towards David. It also shows David's love for his great God. And like I said, when I was reading those Psalms, the only person I think that loved God more than the way David loved God is Christ himself. And I think I would put Joseph, you know, next to David with where that is concerned. The only love that could surpass what David had for his God is the love that Jesus Christ had for his father. Mm. In a way, he was kind of like a, you know, minus his shortcomings, but he was a man that had a heart after God's own. I don't care what nobody say. I love me some Jesus, and boy, me love me some King David. You hear what I'm telling you? I'm telling you right this minute. I love me some King David. He couldn't do nothing right, but he had a heart after God's own. And very repentant person. You know, no matter what he did, he, you know, when he was confronted, he was very quick to repent. He, he was passionate, you know, for God and the things of God. And I often refer to myself as the female David. Yeah. Can't do nothing right, but I'm very repentant. Asaph was also one of the authors of the book of Psalms. Now, Asaph wrote 12 Psalms. Asaph and his family were ordained by David to lead the people in worship. 
According to Bible Overview, Asaph was also recommissioned when Nehemiah rebuilt Jerusalem. The sons of Korah wrote 11 Psalms. And of course, Korah spoke against or rebelled against Moses and Aaron. Solomon, the successor and the son of King David, a.k.a. King Solomon, he wrote two of the Psalms. Moses, in addition to writing the book of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, he wrote one Psalm, which is Psalm 90. Ethan the Ezraite wrote one Psalm, and the rest of the Psalms are not credited to anyone. Now, I'm just going to give a quick little overview of the breakdown of the book of Psalms. Now, book one, which starts from chapter one to chapter 41, contains most of the Psalms of David. So there are Psalms of David that are outside of chapters one to 41, because, yes, I've seen them in the higher up numbers. But mainly the bulk of them where they kind of like follow each other, you know, back to back, more or less. You can find them in chapters 1 to 41. Book 2, which starts at chapter 42 to 72, includes some songs of the musicians, um, as well as Korah and Asaph. Book 3, which starts from chapter 73 um, up to 89, almost exclusively are the songs of Korah and Asaph. Now, book four, which starts at chapter 90, which, of course, would be Moses, because he wrote the 90th Psalm, to 106, mostly the Psalms with bylines. And then the last book, which is book five, goes from chapter 107 to 150, mostly songs for special occasions, such as festivals and pilgrimages to Jerusalem. Now, here are some more facts that I was able to um, dig up. Normally, a lyre, which is like a type of instrument, would be strapped to a musician's chest as he played music to these psalms. David wrote 3,600 songs according to, to the psalm scroll copied in the time of Jesus and discovered in 1956 among the ancient library of the Dead Sea Scrolls. That was amazing. I was like, wow. The writers, of course, which is King David, King Solomon, Asaph, the sons of Korah, Moses, and Ethan, the Ezraite, and of course, the rest are not named. They weren't attributed to anyone, so they're not sure. Copies of the Bible, 1,000 years older than those used to translate the King James Version of the Bible, were found in caves. Boy, this was interesting. At Qumran, near the Dead Sea, among the stash found was a partial copy of Psalms with extra psalms. And as I was doing a little more research, I discovered, um, I think it was Psalm 151, because the Bible goes up until 150. But there's something out there where it's showing you Psalm 151, and there was like a a little brief passage of it. And 
they have attributed it to, I think, David. And it's very interesting. I, it would have been smart had I copied it and at least tried to read it. Um, that, would, that would have been nice. I haven't included it here. But you know what? Let me, let me, let me, let me look for it. So yeah, um, let's take a quick break. And I'm going to go ahead and try to pull that up and then I'll come back. So yeah. Okay, welcome back. Um, I didn't even think about adding it because when I typed up this episode, it was like after two in the morning. So at that time, my brain was not functioning. But as I was doing the research, because that's exactly when I saw it, it didn't dawn on me to add it. But I had read it. I read it. And it was just something about it that really stood out. And for whatever reason that it was not added, I don't know. But I know that I definitely, when I read it, in the wee hours of the morning as I was typing up the episode, because I wanted to see a little more about these, I wanted to do a little more research on the, you know, these scrolls. And of course, this was included when I pulled up the information. I was like, wow. And as I read the psalm, it it really hit home with me, um, for sure. So um, without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to read it. I'm finding like two different versions. And I will leave links to all of these in the description box where you, you know, anyone who's interested, they can go and check it out for themselves and I think I'm going to print this out and copy this and I'm going to stick it somewhere up on my wall somewhere because I think this is probably one of the most powerful and most intimate psalms of David that I have read and probably that he has written. So there's two versions. There's version A and B, 151A, and then of course there's 151B, which is in the Septuagint, if that's how you pronounce it. I'll be reading version B because it's shorter as far as translation and it's direct and to the point. And it reads, This psalm is autographical, ascribed to David, but outside the number which I'm assuming means outside of the number that's in the Bible, which is the 150. And this is after he fought with Goliath in single combat. And it reads, I was small among my brothers and the youngest in my father's house. I 
I would shepherd my father's sheep. My hands made a harp. My fingers fashioned a lyre. Now remember in the information I just gave in the episode that a lyre was often strapped to the musicians as they played to accompany the psalms. And remember, David was a musician. He was a musician for King Saul. And who will tell my Lord? The Lord himself, it is he who hears. It was he who sent his messenger. Then he took me from my father's sheep and anointed me with his anointing oil. My brothers were handsome and tall, but the Lord was not pleased with them. I went out to meet the Philistine, and he cursed me by his idols. But I drew his own sword. I beheaded him and took away disgrace from the people of Israel. You know, oftentimes with the story of David, for those of us that have read it and are familiar with it, and like I said, um, David is my favorite Old Testament um, biblical persona. Christ, and then David would be second for me. I love Paul, but David would be second after Christ for me because I can relate to David as a human, being that, you know, you're human. He was rejected. Imagine when the Lord sent the prophet Samuel to, who also is my favorite prophet, by the way, when he sent the prophet Samuel to anoint the next king from out of Jesse's house amongst his sons, Jesse called every one of his sons except David. And this is a message for somebody. And like I said, I can relate to David. I, I, there's, I know, I've been left out of many things, even to this day. But the differences between this day and back then, I know who and whose I am. But for those of you who may not have arrived at that point and may not know who you are, not because you've been neglected and left in the sheep pen means that God doesn't have something for your life because this is clearly a perfect example right here. And I often imagine how David must have felt because I know how I felt. And even reading David's story, I was like, wow, I could imagine how he felt. But now reading, when I read Psalm 151, um, couple days ago when I was, you know, typing up the episode and I saw this, it, it was 
Mm-hmm. It was, yeah. It kind of reminded me of the rejection and the, you know, the reproach and the stuff that, you know, you experience and stuff like that back then. And to, you know, now to hear David, David's thoughts and, you know, feelings through this psalm is like very, 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 very powerful. But even though his father neglected him, his earthly father neglected him, his heavenly father chose him. And even though, yes, his brothers were more handsome and they were taller, is King David, or David at that point, the shepherd boy that God used to kill Goliath with a sling and a stone and to take his head off. And he's also the very same shepherd boy that God used and anointed to be the future king of Israel because the Lord was finished with Saul. It was, it was a done deal. It was a wrap. And I want to do a series. I had started that series since, ooh, I think two years ago, and I never finished it. Where I started writing it, but never, you know, um, finished it. But I did touch a little bit on it in one of my, um, I'm not sure which episode it's in, but it's in the Heroes of Faith segment where I did a, a, a nice piece there on David. And you could see the difference between the contrast between both kings, King David versus King Saul. All of a sudden, my phone just keeps going off like it's retarded. You know, no one calls you until you're doing something. Yeah. And they were so opposite, you know, so opposite. You could clearly see one was truly of the Lord and the next one was not. One was the people's chosen and the other was God's chosen. And know this, not because you are not the people's chosen mean that there's something wrong with you. Remember this, it's not the people's chosen that lasts, it's God's chosen. Because that very same shepherd boy that was neglected, Every son was passed before the prophet Samuel. And from the first time Samuel saw the first one, because he was tall and handsome, Samuel said, oh, that must be the next king. The Lord said, hey. <laughs> he said, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Thank God for looking and seeing some of our hearts, because sometimes man judge us based on our outward appearance, because we don't have a certain look, certain color, certain complexion, certain type of hair, certain type of figure, whatever, certain type of money, social status, whatever it is. God doesn't choose us based on those things. God chooses us based on our heart. And I'll be honest with you, if God had to choose me on my outward appearance, I would never be chosen. Because I don't meet the criteria in no form outwardly according to the world, but according to God, inwardly, I do meet the criteria for his kingdom. And that's why he called me, not because I'm cute. 
And not because I'm that special, because I'm not. But because of my heart, and he know I'm the type, I wasn't afraid to stand. I've been standing before I even became a Christian. Standing against injustice and wrong. So even more so now, it becomes easier for me because I've been doing it. So it was my training ground way back when I didn't even realize it. Until today. And fast forward, that same shepherd boy that was left in the pen. Who killed the lion and the bear to protect the sheep. Just like Jesus Christ was slaughtered. To protect us. From the evil one. To the gift of salvation. That very same shepherd boy David. After every son was passed before Samuel. The Lord rejected every single one of them. They were handsome. They were tall. They were what... They were probably what the world would call a hunk. Hunk to the world. But they were not God's chosen. So remember, it's not based on looks. And that very same boy ended up succeeding King Saul. And going on to probably be, if you ask me in my opinion, the greatest king that Israel ever had. Apart from Christ Jesus. And not only that, not only he was he the greatest king, he's also from where the root came from, which is Jesus Christ. Christ come from the bloodline of David. And because of David's faithfulness, God promised him that one of his would eternally sit on that throne. And that is none other than our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So when people, you know, count you out, just remember who you are and whose you are. So um, I will also leave the link to this. There's another version of the same sum, but... Yeah, it'll make the episode too long and I don't want it to be much longer than it's supposed to be. Um, so, but I will leave definitely a link in the description box. Okay. So now let me move on. I have a couple of questions that I would like to answer. And these are some of the questions that I was asking myself after I completed reading the book of Psalms and some of the questions that I wanted to answer truthfully in this episode. And the first one up is, what did I learn from this experience? Truthfully, I definitely gained or I don't think gained is the right word. Um, expressing my time at my English can be a little tough sometimes. I definitely experienced 
a more higher, deeper, and intimate level of love, of praise, of worship, and adoration for the living God, for His Son, and for the Holy Spirit. I, I can truly tell you that. That I did not come out the way I went in. I'll say that much. Um, I also... was reassured of God's role in my life as a believer, especially when you place your trust in him. That no matter what the situation is, to trust him. And to continue to trust him, no matter what. And that no matter what I may face or go through, that if he is for me, who can be against me? Who dare? But of course, there will always be those who will dare. But the word speaks for itself concerning us as his children. Now, the next question is, what were some of the challenges doing this? When I set out to do this, I, and also, this kind of started to, there's this ministry that I follow. Um, and we were praying some of the Psalms. And I'm like, you know, I need to read this book of Psalms and start praying them. So I thank God for this man's ministry. That's number one, first and foremost, both him and his wife. Some of the challenges was being able to read it every day. For the most part, I stayed on top of it. But there's some days I didn't get to do it. Because I'm also at the same time, I'm also doing another Bible study that I started before doing this. But then afterward, I had to leave that Bible study. Some, so I would go in between, back and forth between the two. Because I really wanted to get this done. I really, really, really wanted to get this done. It was just like a pressing on me to get this done. So that was really one of the challenges, but it wasn't that great of a challenge because if I missed one today, I just pick it up the following day. And if I missed it today, I, you know, because like I said, I'm always in the word doing something, whether it's for the podcast or like I said, I'm currently doing a Bible study because after a while I was really falling behind with the Bible study and I wanted to catch up because I want to finish that particular Bible study that I'm doing right now, by the way, which is a very good Bible study as well. And because I want to start another one. So it was kind of like, you know, if I did that Bible study, I might not have been able to do a psalm or what I would do. I would probably do it in the evening, but oftentimes it was done in the morning. But sometimes I would do it in the evening. And also I had I purchased a prayer journal or a regular notebook. And I made it, of course, a prayer journal. And I would pray the psalms in there. So I would pray the Psalms in there. So didn't have quite too many challenges. It wasn't 
nothing that strenuous because at this point, um, I've learned to become not just obedient, but what's the diligent because it was something that I really looked forward to doing really, because it was just something about it that, you know, it was just something that it it was like, I was entering into his presence, but it was, it was just different. I, I just, I don't know how to quite explain it, but it was just something very, very, very touching, very emotional, very, 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 um, very beautiful, very poignant. Now, the question was, how did I overcome, I guess, those challenges? Well, I overcome because, like I said, I wanted to be diligent. And I want, I'm like, you know, I, I want to get this done. I want this done because I wanted to move forward to start doing the same with the book of Proverbs and, of course, the book of Ecclesiastes. So I was like, I need to get this done because I want to get those done as well also. So I set my goal and I worked toward it, you know, towards that particular gold that, you know, I want to get this done. I want this done, you know, so I, I stayed the course. Now, the last question was, how has it changed my relationship and my walk with the Lord? I think I just answered that. It has definitely brought me to uh, a higher height and definitely into deeper depths and an even I, I, any more close, I'm, I'm just going to have to kiss the Lord. Let's just put it that way. And I just know at this point, yeah, I don't, I don't want to see myself any other place, to be honest. So, yeah, on that one. So up next is the treat. And as I was, you know, putting this together, I was... I don't know if it was my own self. I, I don't know or if it was the Holy Spirit. But yeah, so the treat for you is I will be reading for you Psalm 23 in Dutch. And I used to, I had to, I remember I, I learned this. Uh, how old? I was in fifth grade. Like I said, I'm almost 50. So yeah. <laughs> And I knew this from start to finish, but I no longer know it in Dutch in its entirety. But it's nice to once again be able to to read it. So I will be sharing it with you as well. And it it brings back a lot of near and dear memories. And on a future episode, I will share a little more about how that came about. So it reads, Salman 23. De Heer is mijn herder. De Heer is mijn herder. Mij zal niets ontbreken. Hij doet mij nederliggen en grazige weiden. Hij voert mij zachtjes aan zeer stille wateren. Hij verkwikt mijn ziel. Hij leidt mij in het spoor der gerechtigheid om zijn naams wil. Al ging ik ook in een daal der schaduw des doods. Ik zou geen kwaad vrezen, want gij zijt met mij. Uw stok en uw staaf, die vertroosten mij. Gij richt 
de tafel tu voor mijn aangezicht. Tegenover mijn tegenpartijders. Geen maakt mijn hoofd vet mijn olie. Mijn beker is overvloeienden. Immer zullen mij het goede en de weldaagheid volgen al de dagen mijns levens. En ik zal in het huis des heren blijven en lengte van dagen. And of course, as you know the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. And that was it in Dutch. So, let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Most importantly, thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your righteous and mighty right hand of power. Thank you for being our rock, our fortress, our deliverer, and the lifter of our heads. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Now, this episode's quote is, or reads, If we take care of our character, we can trust God to take care of our reputation. And that is by Warren Wiresby. And just before closing, next month on August 20th, the Words of Encouragement podcast will be approaching its fourth anniversary. Now, as far as ministry goes, I don't like referring to the word ministry because it makes me, I don't know, I don't want to think myself more than what I'm at, you know, or who, I am, who I'm supposed to be. Um, as, so I will refer to it as, as far as my work for God's kingdom. As far as it goes, I have been on the front line ministering as a watchwoman long before I ever got called to the mic, to podcasting. In reality, this is an addition as well as a very important part of God's work as far as my life is concerned. So on that note, yeah, we have finally arrived to the end. Okay, we survived. If you've made it this far, then God bless you. Once again, I'd like to take time out to say thank you for joining me on another episode of the Words of Encouragement podcast. I pray that this episode of this podcast has been a blessing to you. And indeed, if this episode or this podcast has been a blessing to you, please feel free to share it with someone else. That really helps. It doesn't cost anything. You know, a lots of research and lots of time go into this. I don't ask for one dime. At this point, I don't, I don't even ask for, for people to subscribe. 
I don't need I don't even ask him to leave a review. But I will ask you if this has benefited you in any way, form or fashion, share it. And oftentimes this is a lot of the problems that a lot of us who are small independent podcasters that we face. We don't we don't get the support. We really don't. And the other day, um, I was looking up some of the podcasts that I that were around when I started out, and who was small like me that I you know I kind of I didn't know what I was doing. That I got some inspiration from, and a lot of them are no longer here. I'm still here, and it's only by the only by the grace of God. I'll be honest with you. Because if I had to look at the numbers sometimes for what goes into it, and sometimes, you know, it's, but it's, you know, but because of Christ Jesus, I keep doing what I do until when that time comes. But we all have a part to do. You sharing my podcast, it doesn't put money in my pocket. I'm a tent maker to help support the gospel. I don't ask anyone for anything but I would like someone to consider this when you download this or any of my episodes or any podcasters episode I'm talking about small people I'm not talking about the big ones that get the support and get the numbers and it's not about numbers I'm not talking about those that got the financial support and all I'm not talking about none of those I'm talking about those of us that we put in our blood, sweat, and tears. Spend wee hours of the morning trying to type up and do this and do research. And at the same time, you still got to go to a job. You still got to clean your apartment or your house if you have one. You still got to cook. You still got to do this. And oftentimes, we don't even have time for ourselves. Even though this year I've chose to do a little different where that is concerned. And you get to download an episode sometimes that's over 20 minutes with lots of information that we had to, we took hours, you know, studying, compiling it and recording and putting it all together. You can go to any platform, including the same iTunes and download it for free. Whereas if you go to iTunes and you try to download your favorite musical artist, whether it's gospel or secular, whichever one you choose, the song might be two minutes and change, three minutes the most, you have to pay for that episode, you have to pay for that, that download, 99 cents, 89 cents, 129, 150, and we give freely, and all we ask, some of us, we don't even ask for a dime, share, If it's helping you, at least say something. Because sometimes it's good to know. And one of the things I like about, which I've shared in the past, give me the one-on-one ministry. The the, the one-on-one, I I love my one-on-ones. I love when they come back and they say, you know something, thank you. And I tell them, you know, it's not me. It was just God using me. But I'm glad to know. That at least I'm not doing this 
in vain. Yep, so that's it. That's his concern. So yes. So if you would like, you can feel free to subscribe. If you don't, no worries here. But for those that would like to subscribe, you can subscribe to the Words of Encouragement podcast on iTunes.com, Spreaker.com, and Podomatic.com, and everywhere that podcast can be heard. It can also be found on Google Podcasts, CastBox, Player FM, Podacy, Podtail, and Deezer, and many more other platforms. You can also feel free to like, share, listen, and subscribe on either one of the above-mentioned platforms that was just mentioned. And also, please feel free to check out my other podcast, the Nuggets of Thankfulness podcast, which is a devotional audio feature on Spreaker.com, iTunes, and Google Play. If you like, you can simply drop me a line at ArlenaFlanders01 at gmail.com. You can also check out my blog at www.ArlenaFlanders.wordpress.com. I look forward to being with you on another episode of the Words of Encouragement podcast. Remember, as long as there is life, it is never too late to accept Christ. Remember, Jesus is Lord. Accept him now while you still can. Be blessed.